0: process, technology, and culture to drive growth and protect business value. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Imperva is the cybersecurity leader whose mission is to protect data and all paths to it with a suite of integrated application and data security solutions. Learn more at imperva.com.
2: Sean, thank you for the invitation.
1: I know, I know. I've I've been doing these shows on my own for a little bit now. It's a, it's always fun having you on, though. Feeling lonely? Do you just I talk can, to yourself? I or? feel lonely talking to myself. No, I
2: think I think you have guests. Come on. <laughs>
1: I do have I have amazing guests, thankfully. You do. Um, but it's always fun having you on. You you always bring a, a good and different perspective. I'm I'm glad glad I wrangled you away uh, from the the bird alternative. Uh, <laughs> I know you've, you've been spending some time there lately. As as you I'm,
2: know, you know, I, uh, I'm trying to recognize bird. I have my, you know, binocular, and I, I play that 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 hobby. But I'm not good at it, so I think I'm going to try to spot something bigger.
1: There you go. Yeah, <laughs> you go. more well, bigger well, size, bigger size. Well, talking about uh, a, a person with a big personality in uh, the infosec world, and somebody's done something amazing to keep us all together, as uh, the, the world of social media is in a bit of disarray, perhaps. And uh, that's Jerry Bell. Jerry, thanks for being on the show today.
3: Thanks for having me.
1: And uh, you stood up uh, a Mastodon server, and it's called Infosec.exchange, and I may be getting the terms wrong, so correct me where I misspeak, but uh, it's an alternative to Twitter and perhaps other social media sites that allow people with like minds and interests and desires to get together and... And you've done that for the infosec community, and Marco and I joined uh, recently, and see a lot of our friends there. <laughs> and it's, it's a
3: and, uh, twenty-four thousand of your closest friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's right.
1: That's really cool. So, d- let, before we get into that, though, I, I want to learn a little bit more about Jerry, and then we'll talk about uh, what it what it took to set that up, stand that up, and and keep it going. But uh, what what are you up to, Jerry? Who who is Jerry?
3: So I am. Um... I work during the day as is uh, the chief information security officer for IBM Cloud. So, um, yeah, an exciting job, um, pretty pretty uh, great place actually. Uh, I also run a podcast for the past ten years called Defensive Security. This is actually our uh, our tenth year. It is um, congratulations.
1: That's huge. On again, off
3: again lately. Uh, you know, the, uh, the job keeps me quite busy. Family, uh, you know, family's getting older. So things, uh, things have uh, have to sta- stabilize a bit and hopefully I get, it, get back on a schedule.
1: The schedule is good. The schedule is good. And we, we know very well uh, what it takes to organize and record and produce and, and get the word out for all, all these things. And speaking of getting the word out, um, let's shift to uh, infosec.exchange on Mastodon. When when did you set that up? Sure. I um,
3: I set it up actually in April, way back in April of 2017. And uh, somebody recently asked me why I did it. And I have to tell you, I don't even remember. It's been so long ago. <laughs> um, I, you know, I like to tinker with things. And uh, at the time, I uh, I, I bought a, a, a rented started renting a small VPS from a hosting provider, set up Mastodon, and a, a tiny little community uh, grew. And you know there were there were never any any more than maybe five or ten people on it at a, at any given time um, up until actually I uh, would say maybe um, April. May of this year, when when uh, the initial volley of Twitter fun started happening, I don't remember the exact sequence of of what happened when, but I think uh, I think Elon Musk made a comment about making about buying Twitter, and that caused a you know a mass exodus, minor mass exodus uh, to to my server. And, um, and that actually it, it died I mean me just be frank it was it was a pretty, pretty <laughs> terrible experience and um, and so I, I quickly realized that the VPS was just not going to cut it and I um, wasn't really looking forward to spending a lot of money uh, on it and so I uh, you know worked with with uh, some people in the community to try to find an economical way to to host it and um, so I ended up uh, renting some bare metal, a bare metal system at a, at a, a provider called Hetzner. And um, um, it actually worked quite well. Uh, it worked pretty well up until about October 27th, in fact.
1: <laughs> that seems like a familiar date there.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, uh, go ahead.
1: Um, so just quickly, because I don't know if, all of our listeners will, will know what Mastodon is. So I don't know if you can share your view on what is. I kind of gave an overview of my perspective, but what, what's the real gist of Mastodon? Why does it exist?
3: It's a Great question. So um, so Mastodon is one of a, a few different types of software servers, and there's, there's also some mobile, uh, mobile apps for it, that, that are what I'll describe as Twitter-like. They they are not intended to be a direct replacement for Twitter. They have functionality that is similar to Twitter. There are some significant differences, though. The uh, Mastodon and the other the other software that comprises what what we call the Fediverse uh, are a series of you know independently met, run and managed instances, and they're almost you can almost almost think of them as uh, email servers, right? They, and in fact. Your usernames look very much like an, an email address. It's you know, your name at your instance name, which is a domain name. Uh, and each each of these servers are, are, again, managed independently by a different person uh, with their own set of rules, and they, they, uh, they all federate to each other. So you can be, just like on email, you can be on any one server and communicate with uh, with, with people on other servers and there's the concept of timelines private messages um, there's also some unique concepts like a, a local timeline where you can only see, you see the the happenings of people on your local instance uh, there's a um, there's a timeline for people that you follow wherever they're at in in the fediverse and then there's a federated timeline which is kind of the um, you know it's it's basically all of everything that's happening that your your
2: instance has uh, visibility to let me let me ask you something cuz i i'm really really fresh on it literally like 5 days ago so i i kind of you know reach out to the community and like hey i'm here what's next you know a desktop app uh, you know what's uh you know what's the best way to to engage and of course being a a community that help like to help each other and very knowledgeable about technology. Uh you know, that's that's easy. But then my wife came to me and was like, I cancel my Twitter account. Screw that. I'm gonna go to Mastodon. I'm like, okay, you gotta be ready for this. It's a, it's a little bit different. So my question for you is you, you've been there since 2017. So you know the gist of it, whatever inspired you to do that. That's great. Thank you for that inspiration, by the way. So now that it's kind of turning this and becoming potentially one of the major players in the social media, uh, what's your what's your what's your idea and your opinion on is that is it for everyone? Is it really the internet um, the alternative on social media to Twitter? Ooh, that's
3: a hard question. Oh, no,
2: I, I do that. Sorry. <laughs> it is um
3: it is not twitter right and and i think there's a, there's a lot of people who have migrated over and have have been in some ways disappointed it is not it is not twitter it was designed to do you know it's designed to, again as a social media network but it has different core principles in mind it's it's um uh, it's not algorithmically based right so the whole point of Twitter was to get things in front of you that drove you to engage, and and quite often in the case of Twitter, it was putting things in front of you that um, that might anger you, I mean, frankly, because that would get you to uh, you know to stay there longer, to post, to view more ads, and and so on, and and that's that's really not. Not what Mastodon and, and the Fediverse is is all about. You know, it's it's really about um, kind of pure social networking, right? There, there there isn't a a lot of financial incentive. There there aren't people running for profit, at least at this point, for profit instances.
1: Right, and so yeah, I guess. Let's be clear, so I guess your point is that there, there are no ads, right? So that that whole timeline feed is is not there. Um, and when I when I get my local feed, it's it's really from the people I care about and the things that they care that that they want to say In final right and and where I think at least my experience at Twitter things get out of hand is, the trolls and the assholes and all the other ols <laughs> that come along uh, kind of mess things up. So my understanding very loosely is that there are rules that you as an instance owner set. And I think the one first one is to do no harm to others or something, something along those lines. But the point is, you kind of say, here's what this community is about. We're going to talk about information security. We're going to come together and share tips and best practices, and ask questions or do whatever we do as a community. Do so with a, with a good heart and with with a good uh, good objective in mind. So, talk to us about some of the principles and how, where perhaps Twitter may have solved that, tried to solve that and failed through algorithms um, that may or may not exist in Mastodon. How, how does that well work? So th-
3: that's a that's a great that's a great point. Uh, I I believe I don't have a whole lot of inside knowledge of what's going on inside Twitter, but I do believe that a lot of their moderation was done algorithmically based on people reporting things based on text analysis and so on in Mastodon, you know, again, we're like three orders of magnitude smaller. So let's just be pretty frank about that too. Uh, It's all done uh, by, by humans. I I ended up having to recruit a team of people, I think it's seven moderators to, to help keep the you know keep uh, the riffraff off the timelines. And you know we we, um, we built I, a lot of it was pre-existing, but we built a, a set of, of uh, rules that we feel are reasonable compatible with our beliefs about how we should treat each other and then also uh, about how um, we want others from other instances to treat our uh, you know, people on hours, and then vice versa. So I, I think they're pretty sane, you know, don't, no gratuitous uh, obscenities, no hate speech, you know, tr- basically treat treat each other as you think they would like to be treated.
1: Oh, you're muted, Marco.
2: Yeah, there you go. You okay. think I would know by now to push that button? You press the other button. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, you know, I have to be aware my dogs don't start participating in the podcast. Uh, now, th- that's the thing that I love. And I have to say, I made a joke a couple of days ago and I said I've never been. I don't remember the last time I was so excited to get up in the morning and go on a, on a social media it was probably back in the time of MySpace, And of course, I'm dating myself here with that. But I did find that excitement. I found that community that is helping you. And I just love the fact that I decide what hashtag I'm gonna look for instead of having fed constantly weird stuff that I really don't want to. So I think we all agree with that, but what I I really wanna hear from you, and I've seen it in these few days, the community. It it almost seems like the InfoSec community was just waiting for something like this to happen. Uh, I don't know, I think we have tried to do that uh, on Twitter. I know people were having discords going on. I know other people have used some other channel, but I feel like this is really, it was meant to happen. And and I'm seeing some beautiful interaction there. So tell me about about that. I mean, how is the community contacting you and helping you also? Fabulous,
3: fabulous observation. So I've been in the security community for quite some time. And I will say Twitter was a huge part of, you know if the, the the community was how we we interacted i would made uh, many 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 friends through twitter and and i'm super happy that i had that experience um, but you know the, the the direction that twitter is headed in is pretty antithetical to what a lot of security people hold you know kind of close to their heart the one thing that i i maybe i um i was overly <laughs> overly aggressive in this but i I felt like um, I felt a sense of duty to provide a landing spot for people who felt obligated to move, right? For for whatever reason uh, that might be, I wanted to give them a spot to congregate and kind of pick up I me mean, to the extent you can do that in in Mastodon to pick up and and carry on. And it has been uh, just mind blowing. So uh, by way of example, when, when um, on, on October 26th, we had 180 active users on the site. I just looked before this and we have over 24,000. <laughs> <laughs> and that has, uh, that has been, has um, kept me awake most nights. Most, <laughs> I've learned more about Linux uh, the innards of Linux and NGINX and Ruby and Rails and Postgres than I ever, I, I've been adminning Linux stuff since um, the early 1990s. And I think I've learned more in the last two weeks than in the, like the 30 years prior.
1: That's incredible. And I, I want to get to your podcast, but there's one thing I had a question on, and, and it's this fedified list. And I'm I'm a little confused of what that is. is. That is that a specific? Is there a Fedified list for the whole federation, or is there one specific for Infosec.exchange? Exchange?
3: Uh, uh, it's so it's, what it's it's basically um, a, a way to find people who have both Twitter accounts and Mastodon accounts. Is basically you tag your Twitter account with your Mastodon handle and vice versa, and it it, it basically provides a search engine for people on Mastodon to look up and look for their friends that were on Twitter and reconnect on, on Mastodon.
1: Interesting. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to lead with the the community thing, because I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and think that your, your work with your podcast is also uh, for the community. And so maybe, can you tell us a little bit about what you, what you talk about first? When, when did you start it? What was the goal? What, what are some of the things you talk about on, on the show?
3: Sure. So back in um, back in around 2010 2011, I I um this is a funny story. I, I I actually was never really into on the security trajectory. I was always on more of the CIO trajectory. And the company I was with, which was a security company, was purchased by IBM. And an odd thing happens. I was I was actually um, kind of second in line to the CIO at at this uh, company called Internet Security Systems. And uh, think thing happens when you are with a security company and you come into a large organization, like you become branded as the security person, and and so uh, so that that moniker kind of stuck, and I I, um, I I banged around and and I embraced it. I mean, it was it was exciting, uh, had had a, was given just an amazing opportunities, in, and even to this day. Um, but at the time, I, I started also to get into podcasts. But there were um, the podcasts of the day were I, I would say very red team focused, very um, kind of like morning zoo type uh, type podcast. Not super informative for um, you know for for people on the on the blue team side. And this this was in the days of of the APT1 report, and you know, and and, uh, and Aurora and, and all of those things. Kind of happening like a freight train, and and it occurred to me like there's a lot of stuff happening in the world that we could learn from, but nobody's talking about it. And so I decided to talk about it. And I um, I, I think I spent I, I drugged my feet for like six months trying to find the perfect intro music, and then once I did it, you know, it's the the rest is is history. But the the focus of the podcast is to um, you know, at its core, is to look at what has happened in in recent high-profile data breaches. To the extent we know what happened, sometimes we have to speculate, and then and then uh, try to analyze what what could have been done better. Um, and then uh, l- lately, I will tell you, we we sometimes hit dead ends. But um, what I've found, I mean, for me, it's it's um, it's forced me to talk about and think through. Like a countless number of different scenarios, so I found it to be super helpful in my professional career because I've, you know, it just just gives me a lot of context. But I've gotten a lot of feedback from listeners that it's it's um, just the kind of the methodical and and repetitious dissection of of what's been happening is is helpful, uh, particularly for for new people coming into the field to just get that you know, to, to start developing
1: that mindset. And and speaking of mindset, and I actually wrapped a call just before we started recording, uh, somebody from the community wanted to pick my brain about some of the trends that I've been seeing in the industry. And I'm wondering what you've seen 10 years on, um, clearly cloud is a thing now, but, but I don't know what, what are some of the big changes you've seen, um, in turn i don't know team wise process wise program wise i don't know
3: it's the the um the, the attack techniques and and the things that are targeted seem to be to like a a pendulum that f- swings back and forth between infrastructure being the thing that's attacked to endpoints back to infrastructure back to endpoints uh, that that is one one observation in terms of going forward, the thing that concerns me is, um, and, and partly because of, of where I'm at, but also partly because I, I just think this is a new area, is um, what, what I'll call cloud native attacks. Right? You know, we we um, there's only so many different ways ransomware can get into an organization, and there's only so many ways, you know, phishing can be delivered, but you know, and a lot of that stuff has has very mature defensive tech techniques against it. But where where I think we are as an industry um, not yet fully reckoning is is this, you know, this cloud native attack surface of you know API keys and and um, you know uh, cloud control panels and and, and whatnot. Where um, today you know to, to an extent this is already a problem but today when um, you know when, when uh, people post their API keys into github and you know we've we've by the way found that it takes about three hours on average from the time you upload a API key into github until the time somebody is actually actively using it uh, we find that that they're um, they're just mining crypto right that they take your 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 key and they spin up VMs with with um, you know, with GPUs or, or what have you, and they mine crypto, but that's going to stop sooner or later, right? We, we've seen some, some uh, uh, you know, again, what I'll call cloud native attacks. So there was a company named Codespaces about five or six years ago that was completely wiped out. They were in business one day, kind of a GitHub type company. They were in business one day, uh, the next day they were out of business completely because all of their infrastructure, all of their data, everything, was in an AWS account. They actually had designed the account pretty well. They had failover across, um, you know, across regions. They had backups and S3 buckets that were properly protected, but somebody accessed, somebody had access to their, um, to their cloud account and deleted everything and it was gone.
1: Wow. And so- Resilient but not redundant.
3: <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I think these are the types of things that that uh, is, you know, as more organizations uh, move to the cloud, uh, and you know, attackers are going to adapt, and so we we really have to, uh, as defenders and, and IT organizations, we have to adapt as well.
1: And and speaking to that point, uh, and I've I've spoken to some folks on this, uh, the, the the shift from an on-prem security team to one that has to. Protect stuff in one or more clouds and on-prem containers that look different than than uh, physical systems they were used to. How, how do you see that shift taking place? Are, are we are we on the right track? Um, people talking about the right things changing. Are we do we need to restructure the teams differently? Do we need different training? What, what are you seeing on that front?
3: That is a really complicated question, <laughs> um, and it, it is. I think it's pretty situational to the to, to the organization, but I, I, I will say you know, one of the big differences uh, I see a lot. Of, well, look, there's there's lots of different consumption models for cloud, and I'm so I'm going to talk more about kind of pure, you know, compute, storage, and whatnot. But even there, you see companies who will outsource like their um, they'll move their test labs. Or the development labs into the cloud because they're not willing to to move their production environments. Um, but one of the one of the interesting things about that is, you know, wh- wh- where does a test lab live when it's on prem? It's behind twelve firewalls and like it's in a closet in the basement and it never sees the light of day. But in in cloud, it's fundamentally different. Like there is very little. Protects you or protects those workloads from the internet. I mean, they're they're just right there. It is a it is a click a button click away, and so um, it takes it takes both uh, a different mindset, especially in the context of development, but also, I, I, you know, I am um, I'm of the mind that relying on people to always do the right thing is just going to be a recipe for failure. Right, you really have to have some um, some technology enablement to make sure that people are 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 able to um, consistently do the right thing. So that's you know that might be using uh, CSPM or or many of the other acronyms that are evolving.
2: Yeah. So about involving people, uh, if there is one thing that Sean and I have been learning since the beginning of ITSP Magazine, which is now like what eight years, something like that. And we wanted to connect the society, the business, the technology, and the cybersecurity. And so I, I want to pick your brain in not only in the changes that you just described in the infosecurity side of things, but also how, uh, how the business and the security team came together, if they are together now, they're not there yet. So what is this what is your perception about things evolving on, on the conversation between uh, the business and the security, and security becoming part of the business? I'd love to hear your opinion on that. It's, um, this is
3: a really interesting time in the history of IT. Um, the, there is the concept of shadow IT, which I think everybody's pretty bored with talking about at this point. But but the reality is um, is there right that the the ability the, the the frictionless ability for business to consume it through through cloud providers in, in the form of SaaS or, or many other things I think is forcing a pretty radical change in how it behaves to be to be a much a much stronger enabler of um, of business and so so I think there's I like to think of it as kind of a virtuous upward spiral, right? The, you know, the, the IT is becoming easier to consume because of cloud. That's driving IT departments to become more, um, you know, more responsive, and and to some extent chase after. But but it, I think it is having, um, at least for the more mature organizations, I think a net positive effect of um, of pulling IT. Much closer into the fold because otherwise the business is just going to run off and and, and uh, you know do their own, do their own thing without without the IT department and nobody really wants that because that's a uh, it's typically not efficient it's insecure and so on.
1: Now I'm I'm wondering I'm going to kind of bring it full circle back to the community here because my sense is talking about the business and security as part of the business, we're still afraid to talk about our failures and our weaknesses and, and expose ourselves in that way. Um, and I think, I think we we limit those discussions to conferences, for example, right? A talk that's been vetted by an organization and then gets approved by some board that says this is a good talk that uh, we'll, we'll let, let go go through. I'm wondering, do you see something like InfoSec Exchange helping perhaps to shed some light on and and be open to, because as you were talking about shadow IT, what is shadow IT when everything's in the shadow? <laughs> so is there is there a way to maybe take, and I actually made the post the other day. I said moving from the bird to Mastodon gave me a moment to pause and say, can I change the way? That I interact and engage with the community to make it more meaningful, not to just share something because I saw it and I retweeted it, right? But so, is there an opportunity here to be a little more honest with ourselves in in this way?
3: This is such a good question. I I actually call this the you know the, the blue team paradox, and and you know I've I've been to my fair share of conferences, and um, you know the one thing that you always see. Are just these super flashy red team talks, right? And and that uh, they're uh, you know about how uh, how some red teamer was able to get into an organization through some novel you know novel chain of attacks. But on the blue t- on the on the blue side, um, it's much more perilous to have those discussions. I mean, from a you, most of most every one of those is covered under an NDA, right? And you, you are uh, very, very strongly discouraged from from talking about those. So that's a big that's a big headwind. On the other side, you know, red teamers are actually incentivized because it's almost like an advertisement. Hey, come hire our firm. we can, you know, look at look how the you look at the cool stuff that we're able to do. And I think is I think that's part of the reason we we uh, we see what what is there. I don't know that Mastodon and, and the Fediverse are going to change the calculus on that. I think it is vitally important that we do what you just said. And if there is a way for us to, you know, to, to enable that, I, I think, um, I think so. I, you know, I, uh, my host on, on the, the podcast is actually a pilot. And we, we, we talk quite, quite a lot about, um, some of the parallels between aviation and security and one of the things about aviation is when there's a disaster now you, you can't obviously equate like a, somebody getting hacked with a plane crash i don't mean to say that but in the context of a of a of a mishap with a with an airplane there's a very public airing of what happened and and the whole industry you know anytime there's a a crash or or a, an incident like it isn't just like that type of airplane, that airline, like the entire industry worldwide learns from it, and and I think we have to get there. If we don't get there, you know, we're just we're, we're going to keep repeating the same mistakes that each other are making. And um, so I, I feel, as you can tell, I feel pretty strongly about this uh, uh, this topic. I think we we absolutely have to get there. Um, I don't know. The, the best vehicle by which we can do that, because again you know we all have we all have our NDAs we all you know we all want to stay employed and and, and whatnot um, but not talking about them
2: isn't really helping the situation at all yeah. completely agree with you and I, and I think that the main function that I that we forgot maybe because it became a business the idea of social network I'm not referring to facebook that like the movie but the, the the social network is a concept it was it's exactly that right it's exactly to communicate you know in a conversational way to talk about problems maybe you can pinpoint and and exactly say what's going on with your company but you can throw it out there and and the other thing that i see and again I, i'd like I feel like I'm a mature leader for Mastodon right now because I'm so excited about it, is the fact that you can actually choose. So if I'm a business person or I am a sociology by, you know, by trade, like I am, sociologist, and I want to learn about InfoSec and the cybersecurity community and pick their brain on maybe the way that it connects with society, connect to the business. I can actually do that now because I don't have to just throw myself into the middle of the arena with a lot of lions and a lot of noise and really focus on certain conversation. And then maybe my other hobby is music and I'll go into another server. So for me, it's just like going back to the origin. And and I'm very excited about this. And I hope that it will be an opportunity for business people that want to learn about security. To come and join there, Sean. I mean, this has been your goal the entire time. You know, the business of security. So, I don't know if you feel the same, but
1: yeah, absolutely. And I think we can certainly connect business, and that's the whole point of this show. Um, but I think there's a broader, broader community that uh, would be interested in in uh, what infosec dot Exchange is doing as well, and. Yeah, I think it, it's clearly, it's a place to come together and exchange ideas. Uh, the domain says that, right? And I want I to do this, Jerry. Maybe, I don't know if there's something we didn't touch on that uh, you wanted to share before we wrap, but I also want to give you space to uh, put a call out to the community. I don't know what you need to keep uh, infosec.exchange running successfully. If there's anything the community can do to help Um even if it's just go read the principles and rules and and abide by them, or, or if there's something they can do beyond that. So any final words and then a call to action for the community to to join us.
3: So just, just to carry on, and I think it'll dovetail into the final, final words. You know, there is, I think a lot of, well, there's two things that are happening right now, right? There's still a lot of grousing about what's going on at Twitter. And that is, you know, that's expected and, and and hopefully that dies off over time, but there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of like meaningful discussions happening on, uh, and, and it's not necessarily like what I was talking about. Hey, my company got hacked. Here's what happened. It's, Hey, how do you do X? How do you do Y? And, and, um, and people are actually helping each other and um, and not being mean, <laughs> it's, it's really, uh, it's really quite cool. Um, you know, there, there are other instances there's IOC exchange, you know, you can imagine what, what they're focused on and, and, and some others. It, and um, like, we're not in competition. Like I, I, I literally have some of these people now uh, on signal channels and we help each other. It is just the most, uh, amazing thing that i think i, I perhaps have been involved in uh, so so you know it, it's um, it's like you said it's really exciting it feels kind of like the early internet when i you know when i first started getting into IRC maybe not some of the crappy IRC channels but the more helpful ones
1: <laughs> that that's exactly where i wanted you on and i'm I'm thrilled that you uh, you agreed and had the time to to do that so how how can we as a community help uh, keep this well,
3: okay. yeah so so a couple things one is obviously if you're not if you're not there give it a look right it's the, the again the address is infosec.exchange it's um, you know pretty uh, self-explanatory um, it does take a little bit of getting used to there's mobile apps for both android and um and and I, uh, ios I personally prefer the web browser, even on mobile devices. It's, I think, it's just a, it's a better experience. But you know, there's something for everybody. Um, I am uh, d- dreading the uh, the credit card bill, by the way. So, so I do have a, um, I do accept donations. Uh, there's a pinned post on my uh, my profile. If you sign up, um, I. I, I actually call, I'm working on a blog post that I call the inflationary period, kind of modeled after the uh, you know, the, the cosmic inflation, uh, which caused me to uh, run out and, and buy um, six six new pretty expensive servers to handle the load. And so I'm waiting for the bill to come and my wife to open it up and uh, see, <laughs>
1: see that. that's, gonna be, that's gonna be a fun moment. You should record that, Jerry. Yes. <laughs> right
2: there. It kind of reminds me this one about those jokes you see on the, on Instagram where the guy buys the the Les Paul guitar and the wife is like, how how how, how did you spend that kind of money? It's like, no, they gave it to me for free. Uh, I I won a raffle. You <laughs> <laughs> the same thing. I just found this servers here. Raffle. Raffle.
1: Yeah, what's the joke? I heard do, do whatever the hell you want doesn't mean what it sounds like <laughs> <laughs> now. Well, this, this is super cool, Jerry. And I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to be on that exchange with you and uh, with the rest of the community. And I'm excited to see it continue to grow and, and do what it's designed to do, which is to exchange information with each other. And I would encourage everybody to support you. I, I know you're, you're doing an, an amazing thing there. And uh, I, I hope, Hope folks hear, hear that and, and give you some support to make sure that this keeps going. So, well, thank you. Ditch the blue check and uh, do do a tip instead.
3: <laughs> we have a, a wide range of uh, little uh, verified icons.
1: I know. I, I stole your paw verified. I love it. <laughs> All right. So, I, I don't know when your blog's coming out, but uh, we'll uh, certainly reshare that when, when you post it. And if, if you happen to publish that before we produce this uh, we'll include a link to that and anything else uh, that you think would be interesting for folks to read in connection to this so okay. thanks again jerry
2: thank you thank you so much
1: and thanks everybody for listening to redefining Cybersecurity here on itsp magazine stay tuned for more and all the links and certainly jerry's uh mastered on uh, infosec exchange link so you can connect with him as well thanks everybody
0: Imperva is the cybersecurity leader whose mission is to protect data and all paths to it with a suite of integrated application and data security solutions. Learn more at imperva.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Redefining Security podcast. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPMagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues.